Are you feeling ready? I think so. Okay. Should we just get going? Hello, everyone. It's been a couple of weeks, but I'm back. So welcome back to Ugh, where it's not just you, Gianna, in headphones, because today I have a very, very, very special guest. And I know when my dad was on the podcast, I said he would be the most special guest I've ever had. But this guest just rose above him in the ranking for the most special guest I've ever had and will ever have. So I would love to introduce my wonderful, absolutely amazing Graham. Applause, applause. Oh, that's the theme song. Applause. That's laughter. Applause. Graham, everybody. Hi, Graham. Hi, Gianna. How are you? Oh, I'm just ducky, especially after that introduction. Uh, did you like this song? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good, but let's get back to that introduction. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> your father was your most special, and now all of a sudden I rose above special. Yes. Uh-oh, you're in trouble. I am in so much trouble, but you it's are. it's true. No one tell my dad. If he listens to this, Dad, I love you, but like Graham... You are very special to me for so many reasons. And we will get into all of that throughout this episode. But I have to ask you, what was your reaction when I texted you and I was like, let's do a podcast tomorrow? Well, I was a little squeamish at first. Number one, a podcast is more audio. But I was afraid if you put me on film because now I'm getting up there and I really don't look that good on film. You look amazing. anyway... (laughs) I was nervous, and then I thought, now what is she going to ask me? And I thought about that, and I said, well, we're going to talk about life's lessons, maybe. (laughs) Life's lessons, yeah. And I said, excuse me to myself, what am I going to tell this young woman of the 2020s from an old lady that was born during the Great Depression? Mm Mm-hmm under Franklin Delano Roosevelt in 1935. Oh, my God. Yes. Times (laughs) were different. My answers would probably reflect some of my old age. So go ahead. Fire away. You want to ask me questions? We'll do it. We can (laughs) talk about you. Hell, yeah. Let's, Let's just dive in. All right, Graham. So I want to talk about first our upbringing or my upbringing, So I was born and immediately taken into this house, and it was me, you, mom, and your husband who has since passed, correct? Right. right. Your pup who loved you. Papa Doris. Right. He loved you very, very much. You can't, you could not believe how much he loved you. And he's looking at us right now. He's in the corner over there. I know, he's staring at me. He's he's actually eyes directly on you. And actually, I don't know if you know this, but every time I come downstairs, I say hi to the picture. And it just makes me feel at peace. Um, Because he passed when I was, what, like eight or nine months or a year Uh, in a month? You were probably 
probably a little more than a year because you I can remember you standing up in your playpen and um, he never left the house while you were in it. I don't I don't think so either because we have a couple of kind of ghost stories, right? Yeah, and one of them was I'll never forget your mother and I are sitting in the kitchen. You were wonderful to put to bed at night because you would go right to sleep. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden we heard this laughter. You were sit- laughing and I'm going, Oh my God, what's she <laughs> laughing at? So sure enough, we go to the door and you're sitting in your crib talking to someone and laughing. I said, oh, Papa Doris is here. Because I was laughing at like nobody, right? right I was just like alone. Right. It was just incredible. It was like you were with another person. That's crazy. Because he died in this house. Him. Yeah, he did die in the house. But I think by now he's found a better place to go. I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel vibes still. I feel like he's yeah, here. Yeah. But still, he totally loved you all his grandchildren at that time. Oh, well, I love him too, even though I didn't get to know yeah, him very yeah. much. So that just left it at me, you and mom. Absolutely. And My then life was, thank God you were here because when Papa died, that would have left me alone if you, you and your mom weren't here. Right. So of course I grieved, but not as badly as I would have if you two were not here to fill Fill me or my house with love. Right. So there you are. My little baby Gianna was everything. Mm. Of course, we had, it was wonderful. It was wonderful having mm. you. I'm it glad. Good. God's, God's way of making me happy, too, I guess. Definitely. And then God made you even happier because we now have George. And can you tell us oh. a little bit about George? Oh, that didn't, I never thought I'd meet anybody. I didn't have any thoughts of wanting to meet anyone. Mm-hmm. George came into my life. It was a case of, uh, I was enjoying my life. I had my daughters. I had Elaine. I had your mom, I mean, and my daughter, Beth. And I had my grandchildren. So I really felt fulfilled even then. But I had this friend that liked to go out. We'd go out maybe once every other week or a couple of weeks. And we'd go to this place called the Continental where a lot of seniors I called them senior delinquents. People my age would meet me. Right? At that time, uh, at that time, I was 65, 66 years old. Oh, you were young and kicking. Right. And it was mostly uh, the Continental on Thursday nights was mostly for people within my age group. Some a little younger, a lot, some older too. A lot older, I mm-hmm. should say. But anyway, and it was like three, the bar was always three deep with people well and at first I felt funny sitting at a bar but when you're sitting there with professional ladies and men and they and all older it just became one big party <laughs> but anyway and there was plenty of music and dancing and uh my friend Connie was there I was a designated driver so naturally I watched oh responsible of night. course responsible. but anyway they started playing some really good music and one, one, one song was a cha-cha, which I truly loved to cha-cha. Because my the husband, cha-cha. The cha-cha. Your papa, Doris, was one of the best dancers around. Was he? He was. Is that where I get and my boy, skills from? Cha-cha. Wow. He could really cha-cha. And we, I so loved to, to do that dance. And all of a sudden, they started playing, playing Cherry Blossom Time or something. Mm-hmm. Something like that song. I can't quite remember the name. And I just wanted to charge her so bad. And so I turned to the 
fellow that was talking to Connie, and he was busy talking to her. So I turned one more behind him, and there was this nice gentleman standing behind him. And I said, can you cha-cha? And he said, no, I can't cha-cha. But the very next dance, which was a slow dance, he did ask me to dance. And all that night, he had me laughing and dancing. I didn't even bother drinking because we were on the floor all night laughing and dancing. I never had so much fun in my life. Oh. So by the time the night was through, of course, he asked me for my number. And uh, by the time I got back to my friend Connie, uh, I needed help to bring her into my car. Oh. (laughs) So (laughs) she was messed up. George assisted me. And that was my first meeting with George. Wow. And that was in 2002. July, I think it was July 19th, or July, yeah, July 19th, George knows, George knows, George knows the exact date, <laughs> year, whatever, but um, that was, that would be our anniversary date. Oh, and that July was 19th. the start of like a beautiful relationship. It was, because any man that can make you laugh, he had me in stitches <laughs> most of my some of the stories he told, I literally believed him. And then he had to say, no, I'm only kidding. Oh, you, no, that's George. Like, and uh, so anyway, he he waited a few days before he called me. And um, we got together. Our first date, we went to Newburyport, walked around and had lunch out there. Oh. And we've been together ever since. I don't think we left each other's side from that day forward. No, you haven't. You really haven't because my full memories are with George in this house, too, because he became a grandfather to me as I got older and became aware. And, you know, I call him George, but he's like grandfather. Yes. he's, uh, And plus, George has his own grandchildren, children, uh, grandchildren and great grandchildren. Yes, because his his wife also passed. Yes. So George's wife had passed. Well. Your grandfather died in night, December uh, 10th, 1998. Mm-hmm. His wife died in 1999. Mm-hmm. We met three years later. Well, actually, it wasn't four years because, uh, yeah, we, 2002, it was after 9-11. I know that. Yeah. And uh, we've been together since. I mean, he told me stories about his... I, I knew he was a loving father and grandfather. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons that I got turned on to him. Plus, he was a good <laughs> dancer, too. He <laughs> said he even did fast dances. He just said he didn't know how to do the cha-cha. <laughs> we danced all night long that night. Can he do the cha-cha now? I, I don't know. I probably could <laughs> if I had someone to lead me. I could can he, can he do it? No, I don't think he can. He, he never learned the cha-cha. No, no. All right. So anyway... Granddaughter's a young lady now. Oh God! You're just a little kid. You were not even four. You were possible. You were just going to be four that year when I met him. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I got some stories to tell there too. But you know, but Jana, you were always a beautiful, smart little girl. Oh. Very smart. I used to. I could remember even before George sitting in your bedroom uh, by the crib and. I'd tell a story, but I'd leave out half the words and you would fill them in. I actually have like vague memories of that and all the nursery rhymes. Yes. I yes. remember and like very a, vaguely. It was amazing because I thought, oh my God, what a memory I missed. 
child. But uh, no, we had some fun times together. I totally enjoyed all that. And uh, going through the years, watching you progress and become the young lady you are today, that's really wonderful. But I owe a lot to you as to who I am as a person now, because obviously, I mean, you helped mom raise me and you had a lot of influence on my life. Not only that, but you are kind of the reason that I'm breathing living because I would love for you to tell us about when my mom came in and she was sitting with her friends at the dining room table and you were like, what's happening? And what did, what did they tell you? Oh, is this for the announcement? <laughs> the grand announcement. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, your mom and dad were together for a few years, I believe. And she was my age. She was 22, 23. Right. Uh-huh. And she really cared for your dad, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I came home from work, and everyone's sitting around the table. My husband's sitting in his seat. Her best friend, Paul, was there. Your mom was there. Jessica. Was she there? I don't remember if Jessica was there. Mm -hmm. All I remember is walking in the door and seeing these people sitting around the table. <laughs> and I'm going, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> they look very sober, very somber, very sober. And all of a sudden, Mom, I'm pregnant. <coughs> I said, what? And I said, where's the father? <laughs> where's eddie g where right, is he right where is the father mm -hmm. i was beside myself right um and again she's 22 right she's 22 she's old enough you know yeah but, but uh, they weren't married i couldn't believe it at that very same time my sister chooses to call me from niagara falls new york oh oh and i'm Auntie in the Lane. middle of this dilemma <laughs> And I pick up the phone and I say, I'm sorry, but I can't talk to you right now. My <laughs> daughter's pregnant. Oh, you told Auntie Lane. <laughs> what did so, she say? So, okay, I'll call you back. <laughs> but something like that. But that's how it went. I couldn't talk to anybody at that point. I was flabbergasted. So I went and joined them at the table. We're sitting around. I said, Sam, where's Eddie? <laughs> he wasn't there with us. Occasion, but anyway, it was a, like, well, what do you want me to do about it? And of course, we know I not because of my religion or whatever, but abortion is not a good thing, not a good thing, mm. and that's just like your belief because that's how like you grew no, up. No, I have to tell you, I came close because I'm saying to myself, Oh my god, how are we going to raise this child? I have a management job, I you know, I had a good position with my com company, and Elaine would have to definitely stay home. And I had all these things running through my mind, and I was more concerned about, oh, God, how is this going to affect my life, not how it was going to affect your mother's life. And that's <laughs> very selfish. Yeah. It's selfish. At least you can admit it. <laughs> yes, I do admit it. Right. But then I thought about it, and I said, abortion? No way. That's not even an option. Don't even go there. Mm -hmm. Not on the table. Okay. Aren't you thrilled? Look at this beautiful <laughs> girl you are. I, do, I don't believe in execution at all, mm. period. Okay. You know, I feel if you're a criminal and you killed someone, put them out in the middle of the ocean on an island somewhere by themselves, 
But that's God's job. I would that's love to be on an ocean. I mean, on an island in the middle of the ocean by myself sometimes. No, I'm saying, no, <laughs> no I know. I know what you're saying. No um, but yeah, so I'm here. Yes. A. Thank you, God. Right. Thank you, God. Yes. Yes. So that was. I didn't know you were going to bring this subject up, Gianna. To tell you the truth, <laughs> it wasn't in the pre-interview. I'm sorry. No, but it's a funny story because, like, I. I think it's funny. It was very <laughs> serious at the time. I mean, I'm laughing because I was just a wee uh, bean in my mother's uterus. Oh so my God. I, I wasn't I there. I have to tell you this. Your father adored you. Mm-hmm. I, I could cry almost now because I know how much he loves you. Yeah. And how much your mother loves you. And I bet you he is so happy that she didn't choose the other way. Yeah. And they they uh, made it work. You made a lot of people happy. Mm. And... Uh, you got through life. You're a very good student. Your teachers loved you. Mm-hmm. You were an actress all your life, I guess. So I mean, right. I I used to make those videos in my room, like right, by myself. Right. Oh, you loved to. Uh, you love certain movies. Mm-hmm. Well, who was the one with the rainbow color coat? That oh my God, Joseph and the Technicolor Dream Coat. Oh my <gasps> God, we watched that forever, uh, like over and over. <laughs> I did that with like all movies though. Growing up, like I would just pick and one Annie. movie, Annie. Which oh is funny because then I ended up being Annie in Annie, right. the production oh, of Annie. You were wonderful, I yeah. Bet. But anyway, uh, those are my thoughts about <laughs> you. Okay. And um, then there came a day when you were going to have to move from here. That was my next point. Good job, Graham. Well, I had to follow your life through. And it almost broke my heart when you had to leave. Stop. I'm literally going to cry. I'm no, going to cry. I felt your room is always your room, as you can see. You've never <laughs> changed your bedroom. It's still I'm the same. I'm in tears. And, uh, no, it, it was truly wonderful having you here. And it did hurt when you left. I'm, I'm actually in tears because then, obviously, I did move out because mom was with he who shall not be named that we don't even speak of anymore, her ex-husband. And then I was so sad. Right. I didn't want to leave. I was like, but like this home was my home and I was also in the middle of school. Right. Leaving this house was like, I mean, it was definitely as heartbreaking to me probably as it was to you. I mean, I'm here now. You know I move in when I get mad at dad. I literally, (laughs) I bring my small suitcase and I sleep in my pink room, like you said, that hasn't changed. You you haven't touched it. There's still my Hannah Montana posters. It's pink. The same bed. Everything is the same. You got all those globes in your little uh, Oh, my snow globe collection. Oh, gosh, yes. I love that thing. So it's always Gianna's room. And, and it will course, be forever. Her mother's got her room next door. I know. Mom's room is the same, too. We could both just come back and just, like, f- come full circle yeah. at any moment. Um, but even though I moved out and it was heartbreaking, you were still with me whenever possible. Of course, before I moved to California, it was easier. Mm-hmm. But you supported me throughout all my little performances for dance, my graduations, my proms. Like, you were there for everything. Even if you weren't there... I have this beautiful ring on my finger. Oh, that's another story. Which is another story that I would love for you to tell because it always is just like a reminder of two things. Like one, like, oh my God, this is my grandmother, like on my finger basically. So Graham is with me always. And two, it reminds me that men ain't shit. 
And that's that's literally what it makes me think about. So whenever I was like going through it with a guy, I'd look at this ring and be like, you know, what? F that guy. Like men ain't shit. Um, So, yeah, please tell the story. And maybe people will understand why that ring makes me think that thought. Well, I was a young girl. Mm -hmm. I was about 16. I always hung out with a little bit older group. Yeah. The year of the seniors I was hanging out with. And we had this wonderful uh, party for all the seniors. One of my friend's parents were, were in Florida in June of all times, but they were in Florida. She says, let's throw a party for the seniors. Now, you have to understand, our senior class was a class of 500. Yeah. It wasn't a class of 25. Yeah. So we had this big house, and uh, the word went out that the Ninettes, I belonged to two groups. I belonged to a sorority, and I belonged to a, a nice friendly group called the Ninettes. The Ninettes were a little older. They were the senior friends of mine. Okay. And the Ninettes were the ones that wanted to have the party because the one girl's parents were away and she felt free to have us all over, including (laughs) the entire class of 52. Oh, my God. Remember, I'm old. Class of 52. (laughs) Wow. I I graduated in 53. Well, during this blast, when I tell you it was a blast, it's a wonder the police weren't there and I can't believe we got but we were good kids I mean it may have been you know I think we did have beer because you could drink when you're 18 oh that's day. right that was you could yeah drink beer or you know so some of the boys did bring beer but there was no other alcoholic beverage there was no pot no smoking that we we never heard of that we only thought <laughs> musicians did it uh-huh and that was it but anyway while at this party I bumped into the senior this handsome six foot two blue blue eyed blonde haired handsome guy mm. and he he asked me out for a date and I ended up being with him for six years wow six years so um, so that it was a very that, serious relationship it was it okay was, I, I really yes we would we were young we would break up now and then. But then we were always back together. He always came back. Mm. And um, one of my Christmas gifts, and I think it was the year before we broke up, he gave me this beautiful opal ring. And it was a gift that I kept through the years. Um, I hardly wore it because the stone would fall out of it. It was a pretty ring, very pretty ring. (laughs) Let's came see. to me in a heart-shaped box. Opal, yes, heart-shaped box, pink velvet inside. Right. Opal with, like, this black, like, edging. Yes. And I, rubies, right? Right. It's a very pretty ring, and I thought it was more like a, well, it might have been a friendship ring, but more like an engagement ring for me. Mm, like and a promise ring, kind yes, of? Yes, okay. it was. It was. Why would he give me a beautiful ring like that in a heart box? Right. So anyway, then he, uh, we graduated, he had graduated before me because he was a year ahead of me, and then he went into um, the service. He went to college one year at Niagara University. But he joined the ROTC and then ended up in the service. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, while he was away in the service, or maybe fortunately, because my life turned out okay. Yeah. Uh, he was stationed down in Virginia. And apparently he met someone. <gasps> and uh, I must have been 23 when that happened. Mm-hmm. I was 23 at the time. 
needless to say, my heart was broken, but I had to get, I'm a very funny person. I can love you very, very deeply, and it could break my heart, but the one thing I didn't do was fall apart. Thank God. Mm. I just picked myself up. I I mean, I could remember laying in bed and my sister coming to the house on Saturday, I slept late. And Cheryl, I hate to tell you this, but Matt had to get married. <gasps> and I said, what? He got married? He had to get married. Oh. That's why the girl he was seeing got pregnant. Oh. So <laughs> but in any case, I picked myself up. I had shoeboxes and shoeboxes of letters from him. I picked myself up out of bed, got all my letters together, walked to the backyard in the trash and dumped them there. And I said, you are dead. <gasps> from that point on, I had to because I was so heartbroken. I had to. Uh, yeah. He was married and having a child. I mean, really. Oh, my God. And I was a young woman whose heart was broken. Yeah. But it wasn't meant to be. So I had to treat him that he was no longer a part of my life. Right. I, I don't know how I got through it, but I did. Mm-hmm. I always had dates. Thank God. <laughs> In my days, young men like to date. And uh, I really, you know, I had uh, always had someone I had weekends to go out and date and have fun with. Yeah. And in those days, you had friends. Right. Not lovers. Not lovers. (laughs) Everyone's a lover now. I know. But at the end of the day, the ring lived to tell the tale. Right. I kept that ring. And that to me, that ring means a lot. And, of course, now it's an antique, I tell her, so just treat it well. Oh, trust me, I treat it well. And see it through the ages. I often hear stories, uh, my sister would tell me when she would bump into my old boyfriend, how he missed the family, (gasps) missed me, stuff like that. And, of course, she's a gal. She said, I would just have to walk away from him. Yep. You know? They all men do that. They're like, like, I regret my mistake. They regret it in the end. They all like to mess around with God only knows. Like she said to him, she said, they all got on with her life. You get on with yours. (gasps) Ooh, mic drop, Auntie Lane. That's amazing. Yeah. She's right. But, I mean, times have changed. And shortly after that, I met a very nice person. Mm -hmm. And it was through my sister's husband that I met him. He was stationed in the uh, uh, Fort Devens, Massachusetts, uh-huh. with uh, Uncle Pat was stationed with Papa Doris. Oh, and that's how you met Papa Doris. Fort Devens, yeah. He, uh, he, my. It was like almost a year after, mm-hmm. and uh, Pat was in Fort Devens, and it was January. It was around the holidays, and Pat had called my sister to tell me to leave the weekend open. He was bringing a friend home. Well, lo and behold, <laughs> I'm sitting there on Friday night playing cards with my girlfriends because the one night we liked to play cards was Friday. Uh-huh. The other day was date night, but Friday was we uh, liked to play oh, cards. Oh, okay, ladies' night. So Pat walks in. They had driven from Massachusetts. It was a horrible, snowy night. And we're all sitting around playing cards, and this tall, dark, <laughs> handsome guy comes walking in. And all my friends are going crazy. To me, yeah. Of course, he was busy meeting my parents mm-hmm. uh, with Pat greeting his wife, and they're all going, "Oh, Gail, you're so lucky." I says, "Listen, 
let's cut the cards. We're going to see who's going out with Mr. Doris. <laughs> So Laura, you, you turned him into a bat. A card. I did. Well, I don't forget. I came off a bad heartbreak. Of course, I don't blame you. <laughs> so it's handsome. They're all going crazy, saying how handsome of this is that. I said, "Oh, okay. Let's cut the deck." We did. I got the king of diamonds. I won. Get out of here! And no. then you got to go on a date with your then to be husband. And I had told them whoever wins in this deck. It's going out with <gasps> That is, why did I never know this story? That is crazy. I've told that story so many times. And uh, want to know why I love to cha-cha? Why? My first dance with Papa Doris was a cha-cha. Oh, Graham. <laughs> that makes me crack up. But, but isn't that funny? So when I meet George, my first dance was supposed to be a cha-cha with him. But he right, so he right. It's crazy because everything you have told me about your life, it just reminds me because I, I believe that everything happens for a reason. You know, you didn't end up with Matt and then you pulled right. the diamond. Like that's how does that even happen? I know. It was it by was, chance. It was remarkable because I was dead serious about that because my heart had been broken. I've been so, there. I know uh, what it feels like. Are everything in a relationship because Matt was handsome too yeah very handsome and the fa- grandfather was whew, tall dark and handsome <laughs> and uh, that's what I like I know so anyway he uh, and me I wouldn't go out with anyone who was under six feet tall that's, you would, that's how bad I was a lot of people are like that now like a lot of women are like that I don't care because I'm not even five feet so that's out of the cards for me but I know. yeah people are I like that five four and a half I lost a couple of inches with my Old, old age. You're not even old. Are you kidding me? But anyway, that's <laughs> so far at the story of my life and meeting of men in my life. Wow. Now, you've also been with me through, like, my meeting of men in my life. Right. We won't name names, but, like, you saw me go through different boyfriends and, like, okay. heartbreak and stuff like that. So um, what advice have you always given me throughout my Makeups, breakups, trying to find a, a new man, this, that, the other thing. Well, I don't know so much if it was advice, but in my heart, I want you to stay strong. Mm-hmm. And you're young and beautiful. And uh, play it right. Because today, today's uh, morals, today's day and age... That's why it's hard for me to talk about certain things because in my day, when I tell you we went out, there was no hanky-panky. I mean, the first kiss didn't even happen until the second or third day. <laughs> okay. I mean, today it's like, oh, let's go to bed or something like that. Yeah, no, you're right. Frightening. That is frightening mm-hmm. because why give up your most precious possession, your body, to anybody mm-hmm. on a first date? Right. <laughs> to me, it's too private. Right. But in my day, I'm sure there was stuff going on. But right. But not like it wasn't open. If it was going on, it had to be secret because it would not, I mean, you'd get a reputation. I can't give advice to people today that grew up under totally different standards. Right. And I think they all changed. I think I, I realized the change came in the 60s, more mm-hmm. or less, because the 50s, we were still 
you know, young at heart. And yeah. It was like your old-fashioned TV programs, you know, yeah. the mom and dad. And I wish I could have kids. lived in that era. Yeah, it was all like uh, a beautiful family. I'm sure that it's all story, but a lot of homes were like that. Mm-hmm. Mom, a dad, the kids, the picket fence. Yeah. And believe you me, that's all I wanted when I was with Matt. All I wanted was that little home with the picket fence and a couple of kids. What about that dogs? Was my life. Did you want a dog? I always had a dog. Oh, you did? I probably would have <laughs> oh. got a dog then. But my whole life changed completely mm-hmm. when I met Papa Doris. Right. And we were married within a year. And then I moved. Wow. Then I moved to Boston. And then you had four kids. (laughs) And then now you have all these grandchildren. Right. But I had a whole new life open up to me. Right. And that would be another story. Ooh. It would be because it's too long to tell. Okay. And don't forget, Papa Doris was an altogether different person. He went into, he was a social worker. Yeah. And he went into politics. And for 30 years of my life with him, we were in politics. Right. And I raised four children and helped him with his campaigns. No, it's a totally yeah. Your your totally yeah your love life and like you as a mother is definitely a totally and different plus, story. I may have been a mother, but remember, I was a career woman, right? Because you, uh, I mean, I'm. I was just going to actually say that you are. You what? You should have written this script that I had because you're saying all the things that I had written down. Um, you always tell me to work hard. And you know I work hard. And I think I get that work ethic from you, probably, because you told me that, like, when you used to raise your kids. independent. I went to work. I I was married. My youngest was only three. Eddie was three when I went back to work. Robert was six going on seven. I think Beth was five going on six. Uh And I went back to work, and I just happened to land a dream job that I loved that was right up my alley. Uh And from there, I established... A beautiful career. Right. And again, that's another long story, and I'm not going to go into it right now. Is there anything else you have? <laughs> as far as my advice to my granddaughter is, as far as love life and that, when the right one comes along, I think you'll know it. I think he'll be just like George in a way, and your grandfather. Gentlemen. I hope so. They will be gentlemen. They'll treat a lady like a lady should be treated, and that may be from my old school. But I think it's new school, should be new school, and the woman should be demanding every bit of respect. But you can't demand respect if you don't show respect. Mm-hmm. And you have to respect your own self yeah. first. And in that way, you know what kind of respect you're going to demand from someone else, mm. whether it be a man or a woman. But you have to have that same thing. And... Uh, if a man just wants you for one thing, maybe it's a fun date. You don't have to go do everything. Just have a fun date with them and know it. Okay, let's just be friends. Yeah. Friends. <laughs> That's it. I would not, uh, I, I know I sound old-fashioned, but I just would not jump into bed with anyone. <laughs> well, what's to- the saying that you always say to me that makes bye, me? bye. When you can get the milk for nothing. <laughs> Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for nothing? <laughs> that just cracks me up. But you're, you're. I think you're right in a sense. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Yes, because what is there to, I mean, to look forward to? I mean, there's plenty of time for that. 
Yeah. You should get to know each other first. Right. I mean, how do you know where he's been and what he's done or where she's been or what she's done? You're you know, damn right. That's a two-way street, you know. Uh-huh. Not just for a guy, a girl. It's for a guy, too. Right. And I think if a guy sees, if he comes from a decent background or he, you know, he just has to be a decent sort of person to realize and respect you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just think it would all work out. But uh, these poor girls, I think they have to go out and do do the deed. <laughs> I don't know, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Uh, no, no, that, that's not necessary. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to miss out on anything. Believe me, there's plenty of time for that. <laughs> I'm 85. <laughs> oh, and you're having fun. You're still kicking. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> but, but anyway, just... Slow down, girl. Slow down. All right. Love yourself. Love yourself. Respect yourself. And then someone will respect you. You should demand that respect. If it's not there, then forget it. Right. Boy, bye. See you later. Yes. I love all of that. I love what you just said. And you're so right. Because we should get the respect that we deserve. But we got to respect ourselves first. So... But by the same token, you know, a man deserves respect, too. Yeah. He's a good guy. Oh. I mean, it's a two-way street. Good job for saying that. Yeah. I always tend to say and men I are do. trash, but yeah. I, know. But I, do <laughs> I don't acknowledge in, it. I believe in equal rights for women, and I've always believed that way, and I always have. I uh, worked hard to get where yeah. I was, and I worked as hard as any man. I mean, if they stayed till 6 or 7... And I still have work to do. I don't know how I did it, but I did stay till six or I brought my, in those days you had typewriters. I brought my typewriter home. They wrote <laughs> my typewriter for me. I feed my children, put them to bed and go finish typing my letters. Of course, today is all computers. Right. And I love the era of computers. Because, you do. Yes. Because when email came into effect. Yeah. We didn't have to worry about writing letters. Oh, we just yes. go to the email and type in that it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got your response right away, too. Right. So the technology of today is so wonderful. But remember back in the late 50s, 60s, there, was, there weren't any computers then. Oh, right. And That's even a- the early 70s and whatever, we had to use typewriters oh my god I could never imagine using a typewriter oh, yeah. because I would get really frustrated if I typed the wrong letter because you can't delete it there's no delete you have to like start uh, yeah. over well no there they had little tapes where you can correct your little error. oh you could it, it was just so incredibly slow yeah very slow oh my word yeah, no and life has changed I love technology because it uh really helps and uh, yeah it helps us stay connected i'm always right. texting you you're watching my things on youtube you get right. to watch all of that be in the loop and i was just about to ask what do you think was the most shocking or surprising or like mesmerizing innovation throughout your life now that we're talking about technology like what invention or innovation were you like wow like i never would have even think that we would have had I this i definitely have to say your uh cell phone which are computers, mini computers. Oh, they totally that. are. Right. Yeah. So that has to be one of the, the most, I mean, outside of the computer to me is, is everything because I do everything with the computer. Yes, you're always on the computer right. every time I come I'm here. paying bills. You're I'm, doing everything. Now I have Alexa who I can ask recipes. She even gives me recipes now. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, so now, uh, you know, between that and I don't even need cookbooks, I can just... Either print it out from my computer or ask Alexa if I'm in a hurry. Yeah. 
whatever. I love technology today. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we had is what we're doing now. You have to remember the 30s and 40s was radio. Yeah, we're basically doing radio. Right. But now, instead of tuning in on a big machine and the antenna and you got to get the right station at the right like frequency, like this is crazy because I just edit this up. It's not live in real time, so I can edit it. I could even reverse your words if I wanted to. Editing is manipulative, but I would oh. never do that. Oh, okay. I'm telling you, I'm just saying what other people do. But, so. um, and you just put it out in the world and then people can listen to it whenever they want. While they're driving, That's whenever. Right. But it's the technology, but here we are back to audio, radio, whatever. And you know what the beauty of the radio days were? What? Isn't it awful? I'm 85 and I'm thinking back to the 30s and 40s. <laughs> it was you used your imagination. Yeah. And you could sit there and listen to a story. You could be sitting in the dark and we the scary ones we would like to listen to in the dark. Ooh. Yes, and then there were comedian shows, and there were so many good shows that we used to love to listen to. Yeah. And the news and everything else, and everything came to through this contraption, and everybody sat around the radio. As for the TV, my grandmother was the first in our city, I think, to get it in the 40s. It get was out. mid 40s. She had the first TV, which was so small. Ugh. And I used to walk to her house to watch these live shows that were so unprofessional, but good because <laughs> it was on the screen. Milton Burrow was my one of my favorites. Yeah. And I remember Mama and Papa and whatever the stories were in those days, but there were only like two or three channels of that. Wow. And then my house, my father was next in line to get. We always had a television, but it was so old-fashioned. And so not like today. You guys, I, I don't know what you kids would do today. But, you know, I talked to George about this last night because I knew you were coming. <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to ask me. Yeah. But I said, George, remember when we were kids? We, we didn't have computers. We went outside and we played games. Yeah. We had the whole neighborhood and we were playing hopscotch. We even played a thing called Cops and Robbers. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Cops and Robbers. Hide and seek. Yeah, hide, hide and, and seek. seek and All of that. Oh, my gosh. We did. We had so many games we played. My my mother would say, now, don't forget, come home at 7 o'clock. We'll be eating dinner at that time. Can you imagine that today? It, it kind of, like, makes me sad because, I mean, I feel like I'm 23. I got a little bit of that. Like, we definitely had technology, of course, but... I remember, I mean, I would go outside, I would ride my bike, I would, like, hang out with people across the street, there would be those block parties on this street, Mm -hmm. and then we'd all eat dinner together. Mm -hmm. Now, my life is just, like, I I don't remember, the the only time I eat dinner with my family is holidays, and my three- and four-year-old sisters call me from their iPads, (laughs) I'm just like, what? What is this? So, yeah, it's crazy the way that people are growing up now so I would I would have I feel like I feel like I've said this to you before if I was like if I was living with you in that day and age and I was just a passerby I think you and I would have been really great friends and I would love to just go in a time machine and go backwards it was so fun I could remember my friends and I'm about 10 or 11 years old and living in Niagara Falls that's right. You grew and up in Niagara Falls. On the weekends, we would 
walked to the falls. I lived on 22nd Street, mm-hmm. which was like 22 blocks away from the falls. <gasps> oh, you walked. But, but it wasn't that, to us, it was not that far. And we'd walk up and walk around the falls, and they had french fry stands. Oh. Where we would get our cones of french fries with salt and pepper and vinegar on. Oh, my God. Is that why Auntie Lane loves salt, pepper, and vinegar Vinegar. on her fries? That is a big thing because we live so close to Canada. We used to walk to Canada. Oh, because, yeah, they do that. The Canadians always did that. It's always a french fry, salt, pepper, and vinegar. Vinegar. So if you go to a restaurant (laughs) in Niagara or Buffalo or somewhere out there, they'll give you vinegar with your fries. Wow. that is so tasty. That's so interesting. I, mean, I like vinegar on, like, and, my and fries like a our, little bit. Our fun, my fun with my friends from uh, school when we were 10 and 11 years old. I, I don't think I'd let my, today I'd let my kids go 22 blocks anywhere alone. I know. <laughs> the world friends. is so scary. <laughs> I know. And, and then we used to go shopping at the 5 and 10 cent stores and, you know, we just did kid things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. We'd go ice skating, walk up to the park and take our ice skates with us or go bike riding. And we did a lot of healthy things. I yeah. Think. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a different time. Yeah. And we all had our little boyfriends or boys that we <laughs> liked or whatever. But, uh, you know, it was kind of like a secret thing. Mm-hmm. It was so much easier to grow up in those days, I think, than it is today. Yeah. Because, uh, most people are, most parents are working. And uh, it, during those days, a lot of the mothers stayed home. Right. And uh, the fathers were working. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was a different lifestyle altogether. Okay. So I think I've talked myself into, uh, wow, I think I've told a good story here. Do you know how long we've been talking? Probably an hour and a half. 55 minutes, actually. Feels like an hour and a half. Well, do you think anybody's going to listen to this for any length of time? They better. They better, because who wouldn't want to listen to Graham? We love you. We love you so much. Any any last notes, I guess? Uh, last notes. Yeah, last words of wisdom, anything? Be <laughs> strong. You know, be strong. Be smart. Be honest. And be true to yourself. That's all I can say. I love it. Well, that was Graham, everyone, the beloved, famous, twerking grandmother. You've seen her on my Insta stories, and now you just heard from her. I would say follow her on Instagram, but she doesn't have an Instagram. So just say bye to the people, Graham. Bye, everyone. Stay well. God bless. (laughs)